Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable at Cornet Global. Welcome to this edition of What's Next, where our topic is the innovation process and the future of work at Microsoft. Joining me today is Matt Ayers, Lead for Research and Innovation at Microsoft Real Estate and Facilities. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Tim. Also joining is Marty Grimmick, Founder and CEO of International Connector. Welcome, Marty. Thanks for having us. And we also have a great group of young people for this podcast. I'm thrilled. These are the International Connector Young Innovators. And I'd like to ask each of the young innovators, if you would, to uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hi, my name is Simon. I live in France and I work with a company called Alpha Gamma, which is a portal for young professionals as a business development manager. Hi, my name is Andy. I'm from Barbados and I'm studying at the University in Ontario. And currently I'm working as an international peer guide where I work with international students, helping them with their transition to university life. Hello, uh, my name is Senna and I'm from Turkey. Currently I uh, work as an educational consultant at Ben Sankara Language School. Hi there, my name is Lokto, originally from Finland, currently studying university in the UK. Uh, currently working with Impact and training to be a certified impact analyst. Thanks everyone, that's great. And now, Matt, if you would, please tell us more about why and how you're working with these youth and others around the world and how this is informing the innovation process for Microsoft real estate and facilities. Well, first, thanks, Tim, for uh, welcoming us to another one of your podcasts. It's uh, a pleasure to be here and uh, again to be joined by uh, the, uh, the young innovators. So uh, at, at Microsoft, um, as we continue to advance developing uh, exceptional work experiences for our employees um, around the world, it's critical that we understand how work is evolving and what kind of worker is going to thrive um, in those emerging conditions. Um, so to better understand these shifts, we partnered with Gensler, who are a large uh, research and architectural firm um, and who are partners with Microsoft for, for some years, and then uh, International Connector. Uh, and we brought them together to help us conduct this global study um, into the future workforce. Our future workforce research study commenced back in 2019, and we set out with three uh, main goals to understand how individual workers and the workforce at large was evolving, to understand the differences in this evolution across countries and cultures, um, and also then to design and plan uh, for, the, for the implications uh, for real estate and the workplace in the future. The research itself was generative in nature and sought to discover different areas that we could um, explore as opportunities for, for Microsoft in our workplace. And so to, to get us uh, started on this, we first conducted uh, a set of internal interviews with more than 40 stakeholders across Microsoft, um, leaders from our HR, recruiting, um, envisioning, research teams, product teams, et cetera. Um, and then came the really important and fun stuff. We engaged with uh, International Connector and the Young Innovators. We saw uh, more than 100 of them participate with us over uh, the research um, study. Um, and they were from ages of 16 to 20, 
um, from countries all across the world, um, as represented by by some of the youth here today. The the research was uh, fascinating in terms of just what it uncovered. Um, we we left with. Uh, or we concluded the research with, uh, I think, 80 plus how might we questions, things that we could actually act upon. Um, but there were two big themes that permeated um, across the research. Um, one was, um, or the first was about who the future workforce is. And, and, and it were, they were really sort of defined as a learning worker. Um, and then the second was around diversity and, and how the, the future workforce would be shaped by uh, diversity of, of, of many things, but including sort of uh, place, people, projects, processes, um, their ability to choose employers that um, allow choice and autonomy and things like that. So the, the, the work um, is still ongoing. Um, we're taking that work forward into existing projects that we have going on in, in the real estate group. Um, but the research at large with this team was uh, was really informative and has been a, say, a baseline to, to much of that work that we're continuing to do. So, you know, it's really is a pleasure today to sort of welcome some of the youth back and to hear some, some more about their perspectives from, uh, from the research work that we were doing. So with that, let's get started. We've got uh, a few topics that we'll, we'll sort of go through today and, and we'll start with uh, remote working. So in our research, um, which took place, as I mentioned, uh, long before COVID, um, we heard from the young innovators that there was a real interest around uh, remote working, um, about flexibility on where and how you work. So I'm wondering whether you can talk a little bit about your experiences and that desire for flexibility and remote working. Definitely. So I've been working remotely for more than two years now and on multiple projects. So it definitely allowed me to have well, multiple projects going on at the same time and being quite flexible uh, to allocate my time, how I choose to allocate it between those different projects. And also because I didn't have to spend time during transportation uh, from one location to one another, it was very uh, efficient in the way I spent my time because most of my time was doing the same activities, meaning reaching out to people, meaning having calls uh, online, uh, so this way it allowed me to maximize my, flick, my uh, productivity as well as uh, choosing my own way to work uh, in my own environment. That was definitely very interesting. Thanks, Simon. I'm like, uh, I, I support more of a, like a hybrid approach to this. I believe that you don't have to go to the workplace to do some work actually. And COVID taught us that like, you don't have to uh, go to the office to complete things. I think having this like more mixed up way of uh, working would allow us to divide our time more, more practically and leaving us to do like our daily chores or, uh, or giving us time for to like uh, get a hobby and focus on a ho uh, hobby, for example. Uh, when I need to do something at home, but uh, at the same time, I need to go to work. I can just like finish my work at home at that hour and then like go to work or take care of other, uh, take care of my other thing. I think it would like organize our daily lives better if we have a chance to work remotely as an option. Getting on top of that, one of the main advantages that online work and the flexibility of being able to work from home confers to us, especially as youth, is a 
which has have across the board increased the reach and range of opportunities that we're able to access. As an example, even during the pandemic season and just summer in general, I've been able to find a lot of new interesting projects that while I'd personally be interested in because of geographical reasons or other inhibitors, I might not have been able to reach out and really take advantage of these kinds of opportunities, whether they be hackathons, webinars, or other online collaborations, even like with Inter International Connector. So I think that is one of the major advantages that we, especially as youth, can benefit from this increased flexibility of remote working. Great, thanks. And, and obviously remote working is uh, something that's going to shape um, the future of, uh, of work for, for Microsoft and many other companies as we explore um, hybrid workers, I think Senna mentioned. So let's talk a little bit about friendships. Uh, we heard and observed through the research just how young people are able to build virtual friendships and collaborations in a way that typically we don't necessarily see in older generations. So tell us a little bit about how you see that difference between generations. And then as a, a sort of a follow-up to that, just um, how you might uh, see those relationships you, that you built in person versus online being a little different. And if so, sort of just how you see the, the differences between those uh, those relationships that you've built up. Who'd like to go first there? Jenna? Uh, here's the thing that, for example, I, I'm talking about the people I met during this project. We had this like uh, a common goal or a common understand, understanding together. We were all like a hundred of young people who want to achieve or make a difference in their life. And I think that connected us in some ways. We learn a lot from each other because we have this like common ideas about a future of the workforce, about our own future. For example, I made great connections during this project. I like I joined uh, one of the other young innovators websites. She has a website and uh, through that webinars, that she helped, I met other people. I mean, I got help and support from the, all the people I met during this project. So it's really made a big difference. Great, thanks. Andy? Yes, creating friendships through this project um, sometimes went deeper than my experience with some in-person friendships in terms of at university. It's kind of more focused on the like classwork, well, with these, I felt like we were more vulnerable with each other and we shared our ideas and we challenged each other ideas. And it also provided support with this pandemic that we're going through. And then people shared like their experiences, how it has changed their life. And I shared mine as well. And it allowed us to come together and create that foundation. Great, thanks. Simon, would you like to follow up? Yes. So in this project, I really realized the fact that for me, the only thing that is really needed to make a friend is that we are able to have a conversation. Then whether it happens in person or not really matter to me. And actually, at least every week I met someone new in different projects, different events, just or reaching out to people on LinkedIn. And I, I made a lot of friends and I really don't have a difference between the people I met online, offline. They're all amazing. And I've been working with people for more than one year and I never met them in person. And yeah, it's been very interesting to, to see that. 
And mm-hmm. building on that, I think the convenience of being able to communicate pretty much whenever, wherever you are, is also a major advantage. Because not only are you able to increase, I guess, the scope of your network, potential potential network even, because simply being able to bond over shared interests or even deferring interests, as Simon said, being able to hold a conversation is probably the most important factor to building any kind of relationship. I think a virtual environment is really conducive to actually being flexible for with who and how you build that relationship. So in that sense, I think that is something an offline environment might not be able to fully capitalize on as well as an online one can. It was certainly um, for somebody of a different generation, really interesting and inspirational to see how you worked together virtually and on online, you know, a group of people from around the world that had never met before. Um, just how quickly the team shared both personal um, and professional um, and sort of life perspectives with, with one another. So I think that was a, a truly fascinating piece of the work uh, from my perspective. Marty, I don't know if you want to just take a moment and, and maybe just talk a little bit about that platform and just how it enabled uh, the research work and the youth coming together. Yeah, absolutely. We use a platform in the background called Miro, which um, is essentially a whiteboard. From there, we utilize a number of techniques on top of that that help create visual and interactive forums for young people to log into and to connect with each other. So what we have looked at and what we've heard from working with um, young people for many years now is is figuring out something that actually speaks to them that's been designed for this digitally savvy and connected generation. So these interactive spaces do end up with, you know, qualitative research and data at the end of it, but they do much more than that. Um, The insights generated allow young people to voice their ideas and to help co-design ideas, to help, you know, actually put this human-centric design into applicable applicable ways for business to use today and to connect them directly with the leaders at a company like yourself in being able to use this these ideas forward on a day-to-day basis. Thanks, Marty. So next up, diversity. I mentioned at the start that uh, the new diversity was some was one of our core themes that permeated through our research findings. So through through the research, we heard from uh, the young innovators that diversity was uh, desirable and important. Uh, diversity of people and places, of projects, perspectives, uh, etc. So, can you tell us a little bit more about how you broaden where you work and what you're working on, and uh, and who you're working with? Yeah, well. I think when it comes to diversity, I've already been personally motivated as a as aspiring lifelong learner to kind of draw in as many perspectives and insights as I can, simply just to build a repertoire of, I guess, knowledge or experience, if nothing else. But I think being able to bridge a lot of the geographical gaps, at least, if not time zone gaps, has been quite instrumental in helping me really broaden the way I see things. Because sometimes you meet people with perspectives that you probably hadn't even considered before, simply due to a lack of exposure, if nothing else. So I think in that sense, the diversity of ideas for me personally has been 
majorly amplified by the ability to connect with people all across the world at any given time, as is the case with the project with International Connector. Thanks. Sarah, would you like to follow that up? We all, like, uh, we are a diverse group here, and, like, in every other globally, every other person globally, we grew up in a different cultural and social aspects and aspects and structures, so that brings something new to the environment. Like, we all, we all have something unique to put into this project because we are all located in the different parts of the world. Thanks. I, I might change the question just a little and just, just ask, what do you expect from an employer when it comes to supporting your needs for diversity? So let's go to Simon first on that one. So I would say that the first thing that comes to mind is flexibility, the same word that we've been using all the podcast. So for me, it's especially important if the work is based around creativity or innovation, because then having different perspective is crucial. Uh, but even in another field, I think that having people from different walks of life, different geographical area, different experiences will bring new perspective to the table on the issues, but also to the solutions that could be brought about. So um, moving on, um, so social impact um, comes up quite often when we uh, spoke to uh, the, the young innovator group. Um, so I'm wondering here, just um, what does that mean to you? Um, and again, what do you think it, uh, it, it sorry, let's uh, go back over that. Uh, what does it mean to you? Um, and what do you expect your employer should provide? Or how do you expect your employer to, um, to act when it comes to social impact? Would like to take that, Senna? Social impact is important for our generation because uh, we are like, all interested in the problems and issues of the world today. And so we have this vision in our minds and we want a job, a profession that would support it uh, because it gives like a more uh, spiritual fulfillment aspect to it. And for what a company can do is that they can invest uh, directly to a social project or they can invest their employees to do this kind of projects. Thank you. Andy? Yes, something that really came up in the project for all of us was that the the importance of social impact that we see in um, where we where we would like to work it be it was it was part of like a deciding factor on like what we where we would choose to work and I think as Sena said it's so important to us because um this is something we see every day and maybe we were from different locations but we still had different goals in terms of like People were interested in climate change. This is something I'm interested in as well, mainly because of my location being on the island. But it was important to people from all over the world. Um, volunteering is something I enjoy, and I would love to continue this passion on where I work. So I think it's important for our employees to provide that space that their employees can continue with these passions. And this can be true donating. This can be true just being more eco-friendly, just finding space for their employees to actually showcase these passions because this is something important to them. And then actually characterizing social impact. It, a lot of the times, social issues are just really extensions of shared large-scale problems that we may personally experience ourselves. And 
in a world that's increasingly more and more aware, th partly thanks to the internet, of the many things that affect us today, say corporate culture perhaps, or long-term goals, being able to actually see and understand the actions that we take and how that translates into change through our work become one of the hallmarks of what we can define as success or progress when it comes to actually trying to understand what we are doing towards the social impact, towards creating social impact in the issues that we understand. I think one of the key is making the employees realize how their work is directly creating the social impact. So I'm not sure how this can exactly be done, but at least having uh, some stats to show, okay, your work has created this impact this week or this month or this year. And this way, making the employees feel like they actually have a direct impact on the community, uh, on the world, on their society. Thank you. All fascinating insights and uh, and very, very relevant, I think, to, to all of us at the moment. So let's, let's move into our last topic, which is mental health. This, again, through the research, was seemed to be a priority uh, for most of the youth. And there was a huge interest in, in uh, what resources uh, should be provided and also just generally the recognition for mental health challenges. The youth uh, uh, also expressed here an interest in having options to work environmentally based on locations and access to different physical activities during the workday. So can you tell us a little bit more about how uh, Microsoft, Microsoft as an employer and the workplace might support mental health challenges that, uh, that we, we face. Who wants to take that first? Okay. So for me, I, at the beginning of COVID, I started having daily calls with my best friend and that has been very useful for both of us actually to communicate what's happening and to make sure that everyone is, is going, doing well. But also something else that's been very important is with my manager, the CEO of Alpha Gamma, we've been talking business, but also personal. And after our business discussion, we'll always have some time to talk about, okay, what, what are your hobbies? What are you currently doing? Are you playing some music? Are you, oh, I was saying, oh, I'm playing chess right now. And we, we kind of have those discussion non-work related that are really relaxing. And that allow, allows us to connect, even if we are remote, we are coming back to this virtual friendship aspect, which I think is very important to still feel connected, even in those times where you could feel alone. And that seems very important for mental health. Lot two. I think when it comes to the topic of mental health, a lot of the time, which is really a really tacit or subtle subject to really talk about. So I think in terms of what employers can do to help facilitate healthy mental health. The importance of a supportive physical ambience, such as physical greenery or amenities for fitness and other such needs that employees may want to have looked after, may be something that is understated. Simply out of, simply because it's kind of accepted as a kind of background thing. So in that sense, it can be exceedingly difficult to quantify the benefits or the necessity even to invest or put effort into the things that better these if we are even able to properly identify the ways in which certain things can improve people's mental health. So in light of that, perhaps opening more direct two-lane conversations between employer and employee can help create a more, a more reliable bridge to which you can actually create 
measurable and relevant impact in terms of bettering mental health because everybody has their own different needs, right? So I think in that sense, communication will have to be the backbone to which we can improve on these things. And seemingly with the pandemic on ongoing right now, mental health has and most likely will be an ever more important subject to talk about moving on. Yeah, so I told this is something that's definitely very important and has definitely become one of the forefront things. Um, in terms of me personally, one of my biggest challenges with COVID was like the lack of motivation and that really affected my mental health. And just throughout this project, I realized that this is a problem for a lot of a lot of other young people like myself. And it's just providing activities that that allow us to have building our energy. That kind of helps. So it's coming into the workplace, providing those spaces that allow us to do activities that give us energy, that will allow us to be more productive. As Anna talked about, like just activities, um, just spending time to go to the gym, and I think that being provided at a workplace is so important. And the the importance of communication that was said before. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Matt, for leading that very excellent and helpful conversation. Thanks to all our young editors for uh, providing such insightful comments to those those good questions. And now, as we begin to uh, wrap up, I have this question for uh, really everyone involved. If you'd like to uh, respond to this, what did you learn from participating in this project? If you can summarize that quickly, who'd like to respond to that? I have uh, the greatest impact for me was that there's no limit uh, to what you can do because I found this project by accident. I was actually looking for something else and it opened so many doors for me. I think in both personally and like career wise. I really like to find that like you don't have to actually move to another place or go to another country to make an impact. You can just do it while you are sitting at your home and that was a great opportunity for me. Right. Um, so for me, what I learned mostly during this project is that there is a lot of inspiring young people around the world. And that has been very reassuring, but also very inspiring that uh, I was able to collaborate with those young people and to find interesting solutions to problems that was really complex and that the discussion was very natural. It, it didn't seem very strange. It feels it felt very simple and that has been, yeah, very inspiring to meet those people who really want to have a social impact and who have so many dreams for the future. Like Sena, I found the opportunity by accident and it has been a really great learning experience. And one of the things that has been really important to me, the, this the collaboration of the ideas and having that space that we can add on to each other's ideas, challenge each other's ideas coming from different perspectives because we're from different locations, have different ideas and just adding on to those ideas and challenging those ideas is one of the greatest experiences. And when it comes to seeing what one person, myself, can really do, there's a lot out there. Needless to say, and so because of that, I think there might be a pretty high perceived barrier to entry for a lot of youth, especially. But what I've learned 
personally as something that can be relatively life-changing is that at times just taking action, taking that extra step to leave your comfort zone, even if you don't know what will come, sometimes that just is the answer or the starting step to many things that will come in the future. Okay, great. Thanks, everybody. And now one last question uh, for Matt, please. Um, what's next in this research? What's ahead as you move forward with this concept? Well, firstly, hopefully opportunities to work with an amazing group of people like this again. I think uh, uh, I want to answer your last question for a moment, the what did you learn? Um, I, I think, you know, I and my colleagues in Microsoft and some of the uh, the, the the various uh, team members learned a lot from participating with the with the youth. A whole ton of fresh perspectives and and insights that uh, are incredibly valuable to us. So, a just we learned a lot from from them, which obviously was uh, was the intent. But uh, I think we learned probably a lot more than we expected to going in. So, uh, as for what's next, we're certainly uh, building upon the future workforce research that we did with this group. Again, pre-COVID, we had a concept around uh, how we might reshape some of our real estate portfolio uh, to be a little bit more diverse in both its topology and also its location. We felt that uh, that would help us respond to some of the things that um, were being uh, raised and, and, and the insights that we were, get, we were gaining through the research. And so that concept, which uh, we've referred to internally as outposts, is something that uh, is being developed at the moment, and and I think will have a relevant place in the the workplace post COVID, uh, which looks like being a, a future that's being defined as hybrid work. And so, again, as we build out more broadly that perspective on hybrid work for Microsoft, again, these insights um, and the concept of outposts will definitely be be something that helps us shape our thinking and the solutions that we develop for, for Microsoft. Okay, great, Matt, thank you. Uh, Marty, any uh, last thoughts from you as we begin to wrap up here? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think one of the things that has just been so remarkable about this has been in the collaboration with Gensler and with Microsoft and how they have really embraced um, the, the insights and the ideas from the young innovators worldwide. And it really says a lot, just watching how they were able to listen and to apply these learnings into the work. So incredibly powerful to watch. Okay, great, thanks, Marty. And now as we conclude, uh, I'd like to say to Matt, uh, to Marty and to all our young innovators, it's been great talking with you today and learning more about your experience. Thanks for sharing uh, all this with Cornet Global. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.